everybody. Hey, everyone. This is Zach. And this is Stuart. And this is a uh, uh, main show. Uh, this mm -hmm. is going to be uh, coverage of the television show Over the Garden Wall or a collection of rock facts. Yeah, um, it's a <laughs> it's nice. Uh, it is a, a Nickelodeon, actually, a production. Um, they yeah. put it out uh, a couple of Halloweens ago, and it's definitely been a tradition of mine to watch it during the holiday season. Um, Absolutely, really yes. Because this was your first time watching it? Is that correct? Uh, no, no, I've, I've seen it a couple times. Yeah, oh. yeah, I've seen it a couple times. Um, it's, it's definitely, it's like one of those like Halloween tree, um, like autumnal shows that I, I like to revisit every, every fall. And as we're edging into fall, <laughs> yeah, which is insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like times flying by. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know, um, how much of the backstory you're aware of. Um, yeah. But when I was looking, I uh, I saw that the the show was actually first envisioned and everything by the the creator uh, way back in two thousand four. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It it was more of a scary story. Um, basically, it was you know two brothers signed uh, signed signed this deal with the devil or Old Scratch, um, and then they have to go through the land of the in between to track down pages of a book of uh, forgotten stories titled and and the uh, name of the show at the time was Tome of the Unknown. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, things were kind of reworked for this, uh, put in a new format. And then um, originally this was supposed to have 18 episodes. Instead, yeah, Nickelodeon only gave them 10. <laughs> and, you know, I do think that with the um, shorter runtime, it makes it a little bit more concise. Were, yeah it's more palatable like it's it's only like yeah. three hours or so right now if you were to like blow yeah. through it in one sitting because um most of the episodes are broken up into two like 15 minute episodes right right i find yeah a lot more easy to sort of watch um it yeah you can just bang them out and like, that commitment yeah yeah, I, I mean, there are some stories that I saw that got cut that I really would have wanted to see. Like, apparently the Pitch Bible had uh, one involving a, a skinless witch and a yeah. villain that carves dice from the bones of kidnapped children. <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of, I mean, that there were a lot of interesting um, visuals in this uh, series. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. There were a lot of, like, I would say a lot of risks that they took, like putting the series together and everything. And I was really impressed when I first watched it because I actually watched it when it was airing. So I oh, was really, that's cool. Yeah. I was in that whole like process of just kind of like watching it and being a part of just like the story as it unfolds, because there's a, a bit yeah. of a mystery to it um i don't want to go like too deep into spoilers but um there was definitely a twist in it that um i did not foresee and it really took me by surprise as i as i was watching it 
And it was really interesting to like, because it built a really big um, fan base. Um, yeah. There, there's quite a, a few people or a few fans on the internet that, you know, like talk about it and everything like that. Because each individual, I would say like story is kind of a bit of a, a folklore. Like they borrow a lot from, they borrow a lot from, um, you know, American folklore as well as a lot of like British folklore. And um, it's really just super interesting to see. Yeah, I, I figured towards the end, once we can like put up like a spoiler wall maybe and talk about some of our favorite episodes. Um, yeah. Because I know there's a, there's a handful that I really, really like. Like the, the entire show is... Uh, kind of impeccably put together. Yeah, um, because like the visuals, the animation's fantastic. The yeah. um, the voice acting's great. They got a lot of like big name voice actors. And oh yeah, yeah. Let me let me go through that voice actor list real quick. You've sure. got Elijah Wood as Wirt, mm-hmm. one of the two brothers. Um, yeah, like Melanie Linsky. Yeah, yeah. He's the the older brother. Um, Melanie Linsky is Beatrice, the little bird. Christopher mm-hmm. Lloyd is the woodsman. John Cleese, Tim Curry, Chris Isaac, Shirley Jones. Um, let's see, Thomas Lennon. Um, and then B.B. Uh, Newarth. Uh, she was apparently on Cheers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also Shannon Sossaman, who she hasn't done anything in a while. Like, I remember her being kind of like a like an indie darling in like the early yeah. 2000s. Um, but this was kind of like her first big, like return to Hollywood, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, so they they got a real, a, a, you know, John Cleese and Tim Curry on their on their yeah. own are, are pretty big gets <laughs> to get both but of them. I can, I can definitely <laughs> see somebody like handing the script to Tim Curry and him being like, "I'm all about this." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. John Cleese to me is the most surprising of like really he he's not just like sitting on a big bed of money at all times like he, yeah. he actually wanted to come out and do something that's cool yeah <laughs> um but yeah i mean the pre the pedigree that this um the series kind of has is amazing yeah right? yeah it um and it speaks volumes um about like those particular voice actors because they bring their a game during this oh yeah they really do series. yeah i really think that you know they really like give it their all and you can definitely tell um yeah yeah mm-hmm. um well and and the thing that that always strikes me like i said that the atmosphere of it kind of being like that ray bradbury-ish type type like halloween feel mm-hmm. um the the art like you were saying earlier just really is is the first thing i think of when i think of this show um yeah and i i was looking um there aren't are not any um like art books that you can buy because you know like sometimes shows will put out like i think netflix netflix put out like art and or art that comes from like the dragon prince and stuff like that um mm, okay. surprisingly there's nothing like that for for this show um uh, I but i did put out a comic yeah, they did put out a comic written by um, the the showrunner and creator Patrick McHale, mm-hmm. um, 
And apparently there's still an ongoing series. Uh, like there was a mini series commissioned and apparently it's still going. Oh, nice. Yeah, I, um, I know that I read a little bit. And, you know, I think these comics expand a little bit further in between like the travel time and stuff like that. Um, yeah, again, I'm sure like, a lot of the stuff from the pitch Bible that wasn't used in the show probably like makes its way into the comics. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they, they borrow a lot of information from that, but it just kind of fleshes out a little bit more of like the characters. But like, I don't think that it's an overwhelming amount of information or anything. Um, it's yeah. definitely cool to like revisit this world because it's such an interesting like world and everything like that and it's it's definitely interesting to see like what people think like their perceptions of what the world is and everything along those lines because you know um this world is a bit wacky I guess is the word that I'm kind it's, of it's kind of topsy turvy. So, so like with, as far as the art goes, the, um, the, the art team kind of had a, a, like a checklist of things that they were, they were kind of touchstoning when they were sketching things out. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of it was like photos of the new, the foliage in new England. Um, I think that comes across really well. Um, yeah. old magic lantern slides uh, vintage halloween postcards hmm. uh, which older halloween costumes are terrifying looking and i can totally see where some of that ended up here <laughs> yeah <laughs> um uh let's see uh chromolithography um uh silent comedies called the dogville comedies there were a bunch of short films um paintings of gustav or by gustave Doré, uh and then something that i actually kind of want to play i don't even know if it's something you can get in print anymore or if you have to like print and play it but it's an 1890s board game called game of frog pond oh interesting which now now the frogs all make sense like if yeah. they were taking a lot of like reference inspiration from these products like i can totally be like okay i, I know where the frogs came from then now Thank yeah you. <laughs> and i mean they even get a whole episode with all the frogs and everything yeah which they're kind of gross they're 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 kind of gross little beings yeah no no i like them too they're they are kind of kind of uh gross characters though (laughs) yeah i mean it's it's definitely interesting um and like so i think the um just to get a, a brief overview of what the series is it's yeah. um, a series that's following these two brothers. Uh, one's an older brother. And then he has his younger, I guess, more doofier brother. And they're trying to get through this, like, enchanted forest, enchanted world. Um, mm-hmm. They're lost in a particular uh, forest. And each episode is them, like, stumbling upon a supernatural um, incident. Like, I believe one of the first episodes is they end up going to this, um, they stumble upon this harvest festival where there's just uh, uh, beans that are wearing like scarecrow outfits as well as pumpkins for. Yeah. So that's one of my favorite episodes. It's um, the first one. uh, It's uh, the second. 
second. it's like the second it's the the second half of the first episode yeah, yeah. i think the first episode's just them kind of building the world and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly yeah um but yeah so it it's them going through these adventures and it's mixed the the tone of the series is mixed with this like spooky weird vibe to it as well as there's there's actually quite a lot of humor in the um, story as well but there's a overarching story there's definitely a, a story that you can follow that if like you picked up an episode halfway through the series you would be confused so this is something that's very uh linear. yeah you would have to actually follow along with the narrative mm-hmm. you couldn't like skip get the most from anything it. like that um yeah but, whereas i feel like things like adventure time and you yeah. know, shows like that you can kind of jump in like yeah or record you can kind of like jump into it and understand like the characters dynamics and exactly lines um but you know with this only having so many episodes it's a very um tight i guess writing and it just assumes that you're following along which i kind of like that i like it when a series doesn't like hold hand hold you it, yeah. you know you know it well like i would you know what's going on i would love to either run or play a game in this world like I, I i feel like you'd have to use something like kids on bikes or you know something like that that's mm-hmm. can be lethal but isn't really supposed to be <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean there's no spooky. like actual like fighting or combat or anything along those lines yeah um i think the woodsman is the one who does like the most like physical combat or physical like you know events and stuff like that right Um, right yeah and um it's just it's a really amazing series i highly recommend it um if you haven't seen it um i would suggest probably stop listening to us right now because we're going to probably spoil some things um and you know it's it's a lot that um you know you should experience on your own because it was definitely a lot of fun sort of experiencing it as the show was going along and just sort of like theory crafting and stuff like that well now before we get into spoilers um Mm -hmm. i did want to comment if people want to watch the show i know i have a copy of it through amazon that i got digitally so it's just kind of in my queue right Mm -hmm. um i was looking and the only blu-ray release of this is in australia new zealand and the uk yeah there's an out of print dvd in the americas and australia but in the u.s um if, if you're listening in the U.S., it's only uh, available digitally. digitally so, yeah. Uh, if you I like, like having things that you can go through, um, you're out of luck. Or or you can buy an Australian Blu-ray player <laughs> yeah. to watch it because it's got region coding on it. Yeah, I mean, I have it on Amazon, so. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, again, highly recommend it. Um, you know, we are going to kind of, go through a few of the i guess major plot points and stuff like that so again i would say maybe 
stop listening <laughs> uh, yeah. and watch the series and then you can always come back. But yeah. Yeah. And I'll put a time code in there. Um, so if you go in show notes, you can tune back in for the me, me, me's if you're interested, but uh, yeah, yeah, I highly recommend watching this show. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, for now, consider there to be a spoiler wall. Yes. <laughs> um, so uh, I guess as far as, um, you know, favorite episodes, like I said, hard times at the Huskin Bee where they, they happen upon Halloween town. And yeah, keep- that's, it's, <laughs> It's one of my uh, favorite episodes too, just it's, because yeah. it's spooky, especially like at the very well, end when um, <laughs> they're thinking when they realize they're, they're all ghosts. <laughs> well, skeletons. Well, yeah, I mean they're they're not alive. <laughs> it's the yeah. point. <laughs> and um, I actually that's an old folk tale of like. Um, where like the farm workers would kind of like bury themselves out in the field so they could be like you know regrow into like crops and stuff like that yeah um so it's definitely interesting um there was a lot of like because this is when um you really get to like see beatrice and interact with the two children and stuff like that right and which um, is hilarious she she is very funny. Um, I, I have to admit the um, when I first started watching this show, and I saw the first half of this episode where it was not I forget the name of the episode, but it's not the the Huskin Bee episode. Hmm. I was like, okay, this is a quirky show or whatever. Okay, okay, it's it's kind of interesting. And then I see this episode, and I'm like, okay, I'm hooked. I'm I'm into <laughs> yeah <laughs> into this now. Um, which is interesting because I think this would be like right up your alley and everything like that. It's got that kind of like tone and everything. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it absolutely is. Um, just the first episode, I guess, wasn't really enough to capture my attention. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's this one in the, the, the kind of like macabre Halloweeny overtones to it that, that really just pulled me in yeah um because like the the first episode i I mean it's kind of spooky like it's it's uh it's where they first meet the uh, the the woodsman yeah and again like i think it's it's more of a setup um where you get introduced to the woodsman and everything like that you get introduced to this like there's the beast out there and you're not exactly sure what the beast was. And like even the design of like the wolf that they mistaken as the beast at first is so like, just like the eyes and like the movement of the beast is so unreal or unnatural. Yeah. Really uh, interesting. At least I thought it was super interesting. Like it was a really cool design and everything. Yeah yeah so it was really like that was really like interesting and um (laughs) the funny one or the funny thing that comes to mind from that episode that you were talking about is like at the very end when they're digging like um Wirt thinks that they're like right who's the older brother it's uh older brother is Wirt yeah the younger one's Greg Greg yeah 
um, they are thinking that they're like digging their own graves and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. I, um, yeah, I really enjoyed the, that episode. I also really enjoyed some of the more wackier episodes, like the episode, um, when they're in the schoolhouse with Blastis oh, okay. and, and, uh, because there's a lot of songs in this, uh, series as well. I really yeah. do enjoy like a good song and everything. Yeah. It, <laughs> it's more like this one kind of goes a little bit more off the rails since it doesn't really have much to do with anything um yeah it's kind of it kind of comes out of nowhere um it, it does it definitely does and um i can see why some people might not like it but like it's just so like bizarre and kind of like off the wall and again yeah. like i <laughs> like there's you know the lover and the gorilla suit and everything like that and all the animals that are trying to like <laughs> learn i learn things and the guy who owns the school it's just it's so i don't know it's so just like out there but it it's it's, it's very bizarre yeah um, yeah i mean i i have to admit I, that one's not necessarily my favorite just because it seems like it's it's a um it's kind of like whiplash for me because yeah. the the first two episodes are kind of spooky and then this one's not really and then it changes it's and it's like spooky. yeah it's like oh, okay this is a nickelodeon show right so they have to they they, they do the songs like you say <laughs> um yeah, i mean it's because they, hmm. they put their own spin on it so like they're not like anthropomorphic animals that this lady is teaching they're mm-hmm. They're actual they're literally, animals. They're actual animals that yeah. she's treating as if they're school children. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but I, I do like the one after that where they uh it's uh Songs of the Dark Ta- uh, Dark Lantern. Um, oh yeah. They I, I like it because it's it it feels like uh like Halloween y like like Sleepy Hollow, Washington Irving type type early american folklore mm-hmm. that, that would get told like around the holidays right yeah. um because there's, there's this reveal of the woodsman um that the reason he's so protective of that lantern is that his daughter's soul, soul. is trapped yeah. <laughs> yeah and you know as the series progresses you kind of realize that the world that they are in is kind of like a purgatory it's yeah the in between world like in between the physical and spiritual um, right, right and the reveal is such a great reveal in this series because you know it the series veils itself that it's basically taking place in like old timey lands um i'm not exactly sure like what age they're going for but like it's more of a you know, people riding horses, there's no automobiles, things along those lines. Wart has like a, uh, a gnome hat and like a, a bit of a cape and stuff like that. So you think that like, you know, it's, it's more of a, um, a period piece than anything else. But then you get the yes. reveal that, you know, actually they're from modern age. Well, like yeah. 90s 
I mean, they had tape recorders. They didn't have like CDs or anything. Yeah, like yeah. I, th- I think it's like the the nineties. So it's it's modern ish. Yeah. Um, within living memory, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, which actually makes me want to ask you: Do you think that they they were actually dead the whole time? Uh, no, I'm not in that camp of thought. I know that there okay. are quite a few people i think that because yeah, i mean i think so <laughs> yeah yeah um i think that they were kind of like again kind of in purgatory and that they okay. were able to um basically escape the grip of death yeah yeah at, at least that's my yeah and i think this is where our person it's very telling what our personalities are because they that that's more of a uh the the hopeful view of it whereas i feel like i have the pessimistic view of like no they're actually dead (laughs) yeah well like at the very end you know they are interacting with like the other kids and stuff like that so yeah but but there is a stinger at the end where greg comes out and says it's a rock fact and as we all know from the over the course of the story, yeah, it's a rock fact means it's a lie. <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe <laughs> it's different. But yeah, it's it's a hilarious. Or that, it could um, be referring to the entire travel. Like it could be that you know it's it's just a story they were telling, mm-hmm. or that yeah. they were playing make believe, right? Yeah, I mean, and again, it's, <laughs> yeah, and again, I feel like it's a lot of like your own interpretation of what you think is the ending. And I kind of like that when it leaves it up to you as the viewer to kind of make your own determination. Right. I think that's, you know, a sign of a good story. Yeah. It's, it means it's definitely well-crafted. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, all in all, I, I highly recommend this show. Like if, if I ever run into anyone and I find out that they have never heard of this or seen it. I'm, I'm in the camp of like, okay, well, this isn't very long, so we'll just sit down for two and a half hours, and you can watch it, and yeah. I'll watch, watch it. <laughs> and and that's one of the great things is it isn't too long. Like I definitely think it's you know something that you could enjoy in like an evening yeah. too. And, yeah, because um, like it's again, it's ten episodes, quote unquote. But like like you said earlier, it's really two ten to fifteen minute episodes that they mm-hmm. that they put into one. So really, it's just five episodes. <laughs> yeah, and um, you know, there's a lot of interesting visuals. Like they actually reveal like it's a split screen or not a split screen, but a split second. They end up revealing what the uh, beast actually looks like oh god it's horrifying <laughs> yeah like you know again my first time watching it i was watching it on like live tv and everything like that so i had to uh go online because i didn't get like the full um i guess the full experience of seeing that so yeah. um yeah i had to actually go online to like see somebody take a screenshot of it to get the full experience <laughs> Yeah, and it's it's terrifying. It really is. Well, it's funny. The first time uh, me and my wife were watching this, um, it happened, and I feel like I was blinking, and I just caught like the tail end of what the beast looks like, 
and mm-hmm. and I was just like, like I I I, I uh, like jumped, like I had a physical reaction. It was just like, oh, like just oh, yeah. utter revulsion. <laughs> Even though, like, like I guess my 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 uh, brain had a chance to process that that's not normal and horrifying before I actually like could register what I was seeing. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a. Uh, it's really well done. I know I saw online. There's a number of people that want a live action version of this. Yeah, and there's I, definitely I don't think that would work. Like, I feel I like a lot of the charm is in the animation. Yeah, I think, you know, they were able to take a lot of liberties. They were yeah. able to make things look a little macabre and grotesque without like hammering it too hard because again, it's a kid show. Right. Um, nickelodeon so so it was um i think it was a well-balanced show with you know the um animation just being top-notch and i think if you know they tried doing it like through film or something along those lines i think they would lose a lot of its charm yeah yeah i i I do as well um i mean the the show a lot of shows will win Emmys when they've been on long enough, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this show was only on for the run, like it was a mini series, and it so it won its Emmy in 2015 for outstanding animated program. Um, totally agree with that. Like this is um, a very well planned out story. Uh, mm-hmm. I can definitely see why they would want to capitalize on it with like the comics that came after. Yeah. Um, and, you but, know, I do think that they had, like, more story to tell. And, you know, they were able to do that through comics. And I do think that comics do translate well with animation. Just because you can have that different, like, style, stylized, um, like, influence on that particular media. Right. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I you know definitely recommend people check this out and mm-hmm. um yeah, especially know, during give like it a shot. Whole halloween season and everything yeah be it, it's very thematically appropriate to since i'm i'm assuming that halloween is getting canceled this year um you know curl Never up on the know. couch watch this uh, it's not very long, you know, but but just like sit and watch this and take it in. And um, like, even if you're not a fan of scary stuff, because I, I know you're not really a fan of scary stuff, but you still really like this. Yeah, I mean, and, it, you know, I do enjoy a good like scary movie. I just don't like the um, blood and gore and like jump scares and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, because like. You know, I really enjoyed The Ring and um, some of those, like, psychological thrillers. But, you know, when it becomes yeah. gore just for gore, I'm not a big fan of that. Yeah. Like, I, it, would you consider Aliens, a, like, a horror movie? No, I would consider that an action movie. The first action. one, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, because, I mean, I really enjoy um, Aliens, but like, you know, 
I'm not a big fan of like Jason or um, yeah, you don't like the slasher type stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, um, did you want to move on into Mimi Me's? Yeah, sure. Awesome. Um, I I, I only have three things this week, so. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did you want to go first? Have, like, two things, but um, yeah, I can, I can definitely uh, go first. Okay. Um. So, Magic ended up uh, coming out with um a new set and everything like that which it's interesting because again you know with um everything happening and whatnot you think that um they would be kind of toning down on like coming out with like new sets and whatnot yeah so so they're over um, with Aquaria now yeah yeah so they're done with Aquaria. well i um, mean so it's not like a new world that they're visiting. Um, the new set's called Double Masters. Um, it's like one of their master sets where um, these packs now have like two rares or mythics or whatever. Um, so you can play with double the rares and whatnot. Um, but it's a lot of like the powerful... Um, powerful magic cards throughout magic's history and everything huh. which is pretty so cool. it's kind of a throwback set a bit then. yeah so i think there were a lot of cards that needed to be reprinted just because they were getting like super expensive on the second market sure because you know with magic cards um you, usually they get one printing in their world, like Aquaria. You know, the our Mechagodzilla card from Aquaria is probably not getting another reprint anytime soon. Yeah, so exactly. usually those later sets, they never get reprinted or they, mm. once the set's done, you know, there's no more stock out there. So it really becomes a um, a supply and demand sort of deal where a lot of people want these cards, especially if you want to play in like an older format. Like yeah. Magic has different formats where there's like standard, which is the uh, most recent, like most recent couple of sets. I'm not exactly sure like how many of those particular sets. But it's the most recent couple of sets. And then hmm. you have Modern, then you have Pioneer, and then you have Legacy. And Legacy usually uses, like, all of the um, cards. So if you want to play, like, a Legacy deck, you really have to, you know, shell out some money yeah. for these cards and everything like that. So to lower those prices and everything they created this master set where they reprinted a lot of, I guess, some cards that were in high demand, some cards that weren't in high demand and everything along those lines. But since it's a set, they do try to make it draftable. So you can, you know, draft around it 
and still open. So it. this is a common occurrence then? Like they, they'll reprint the past uh, few occasional. Um so okay. they're called master sets. So this one's yeah. double masters. There was like eternal masters. There was Okay. Um you know, there's all sorts of different like master sets. And it's not um it's not like a set day or not day, but like a set um period where they will uh print it yeah um but you know they recently came out with it and i just thought it was interesting because like you know they're trying to get these reprints out there for physical play because a lot of these cards like the digital market is very um limited like you can get cards mm -hmm. pretty quickly um i'm pretty inexpensive through the digital market so a lot right. of these uh master sets are more meant for like physical cards and everything along those lines hmm. so it's just interesting to me because i don't like see a lot of people going out to their local game stores and like playing um maybe yeah. that's just me and stuff but i've been playing it on um magic online and it's gotcha. it's a um it's definitely a fun limited format it's definitely like a higher power uh sort of format where okay. there are a lot more powerful cards out there um so that's a, i guess a little bit more skill based so yeah so yeah well, it's funny. I um I know that that um. You know, it, since since Wizards of the Coast is you know Hasbro and D and D and all all of that together, mm -hmm. um, you know I at RPG Day I picked up a copy of um. Um, the Miss Myth, Mythic Heroes of Theros, the because mm. I wanted to get the alternate cover because they they do have an alternate cover that is solely attainable in stores. Hmm. um from your friendly local game store and i noticed like looking at the release of what D, &D has coming up um yeah. you know they have a another adventure module <clears throat> coming out that's well that's new material coming out in september mm -hmm. um but then the next thing after that I, and i think it's because of covid is a uh reprint of an adventure or a revamping of an adventure they've they're, they're revamping curse of strahd uh yeah. and it's coming out in this like coffin the book is is split up into like three or four different smaller booklets it's a little bit more easier to navigate bigger tarot card or taroka cards things like that Interesting. and yes i did pre-order my copy of it but nice. reading between the lines of it um it's interesting that magic seems like they're they're doing like a reprint type thing and mm -hmm. i feel like D, D is also doing their version of a reprint type thing <laughs> of yeah. like one of the best-selling adventure modules that that um i mean they're probably definitely uh, hurting for revenue so this is probably yeah. a uh, a revenue stream for them and everything but i didn't yeah, know that they made a DD thing for theros yeah yeah do you remember the um i remember the... ravnica but well so yeah they uh well before then um and i have these i can actually forward them to you um eh. if if you want but they're um because they, they were free P pdfs on the uh the 
the website. Um, mm-hmm. But it was one of the one of the guys that was um, like it, it was a side project he was doing. It wasn't really official, but like because he had access to the Magic the Gathering art and he had worked on both the D&D and Magic teams, he mm-hmm. was kind of in this unique place of like, OK, so here. I, oh, I, I know what they're called. They're called plane shifts. And so they're they're like 40 or 50 page doc like PDFs that they put up on the website for free. And they go to different realms. And so like one of them is on um, Innistrad and there's mm-hmm. like four or five races that you can play as. And so they ha- it has the 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 race templates and then like this is the kind of the class that these races would be um and it's just funny that he was doing this like on the side without being asked and then they came out with uh ravnica and theros um Hmm. it's just it's interesting i i would definitely want to actually make use of them at some point and play uh with it yeah obviously digitally but um, yeah. but yeah, the, the plane shift documents are really really interesting, um, especially if you look at it and it's like, okay, there's only five races in this realm, and like one of them is vampires, another is goblins, and another is minotaurs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's classic like magic races and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's just it's it's interesting because I guess there is a bit of a bleed between like people who play magic and people who play D and I yeah. assume that there's you know probably some sort of um i don't know vi- diagram that shows you like yeah a lot of people enjoy playing D and also enjoy playing magic yeah. yeah yeah well and it's something that's you know because they have all of this art with magic that they can just like drag and, and drop and yeah. make another yeah and lore that they can kind of build off of yeah, because I mean, each like uh, new set that isn't like a master set or a reprint or something along those lines is, you know, from a a new world basically, and they've got yeah. to come up with all of the, um, you know, the lore and everything along those lines. Yeah, yeah, it, it kind of gives them a, a jumping off point. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh. Yeah, well, that that's cool. So everyone, keep your your eyes out on Magic: The Gathering Double Masters. Yeah, it should be up for quite a while. Um, yeah. I don't think that they have announced like a new set or, you know. Um... So do they announce a new set every like three months? Then because I think Ikoria was coming out back in May, right? Like it came out a few days after my birthday. I think I'm not sure if it's every three months. Um, I know. They usually have like a pretty pretty solid game plan and everything and they usually stay gotcha. with a a particular schedule but i think with like the supplementary stuff like this double masters it ends up kind of getting like you get like two new or three new sets every year or something yeah and then you get like supplementary like items and things like that okay gotcha yeah. Well, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I've I know I've been feeling kind of apocalyptic recently, so I <laughs> mm-hmm. I, uh, I read through. Um, have you ever read uh, Old Man Logan? Uh, no, but I've I've definitely heard about it. 
Yeah, so like they, they I think they turned it into an ongoing series, but I I, I have a copy uh, that I picked up from McKay's at least a year ago that I had oh, never cool. read. Um, and so with with the rate with which I've been cutting through books because <laughs> we're trapped inside, mm-hmm. um, I, I finally made my way through uh, Old Man Logan. Um, I highly recommend it. It is a um, pretty interesting um, comic series. It's uh, it's it's or not series. It's a mini series, so it's a graphic novel. But it's basically um, the the storyline is that the villains in the the Marvel universe kind of team up together mm-hmm. uh, and because they they continuously get beaten by the heroes that they belong to the rogues gallery of if that makes sense so like mysterio is always fighting spider-man well spider-man has spider sense right yeah um all of them decide they're going to attack different heroes right Mm -hmm. um and so they these these uh villains attack the heroes and they're able to wipe them out so it's like a post-apocalyptic thing where like you know old man logan like he it's obviously wolverine but like he hasn't used his claws in at least like 20 years or something um yeah he's sort of and he's like, kind of faded into memory um yeah he's um like logan from the movie logan yeah they they drew a lot of it from from this Mm-hmm. Uh, for that but it's not exactly an adaptation of this yeah yeah i know it's nothing like the story that they had or anything along those lines but but yeah i i think they really pulled from um you know his experience or not his character and everything yeah um but uh but yeah it's it's really interesting it's kind of oh it's not kind of dark it, it's fairly dark um Mm -hmm. so if you're in a dark place maybe don't read it but um you know it's it's written by mark millar he does a fantastic job with a lot of different properties that he's worked on um some of his dialogue can get kind of grating um (laughs) just because a a lot of it like he kind of has the the tarantino problem where like all of his characters are supposed to be like capital r real cool guys you know oh yeah (laughs) um so sometimes they 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 fall into that but um overall like the story of it's really interesting um i would totally watch a movie based off this like Mm if marvel were to do like a spinoff like this is not part of the main canon that we're storytelling but these are some cool movies that we're making Um, yeah it it would be an interesting show or movie or whatnot probably show because it's, it's fairly long it's like 300 pages so oh wow yeah um but yeah that's that's the uh, the thing that i read uh how mm-hmm. about how about you uh so really i guess one of my last things that i was able to do over the week was um i've been continuing uh well i just started watching this one particular anime which is really great um i'm at the moment looking it up 
Um, it's, it's a new one. It's like Duran or Duran or something along those lines. It's from Funimation. Um, uh, Deccan Deccan. Um, it is superb. Um, I really, so it's DC, R D E C A dash D E N C E. Um, it's a new one that just recently came out this year. And um, I've been really enjoying it. Um, I think there's only like six episodes out at the moment. So there's oh, okay. not. So it's ongoing then. It's ongoing, yeah. Gotcha. Um, but like the world building's super cool. Um, it's really got that kind of. Um, so. Basically, the story in a nutshell, without spoiling a lot of things, is that humanity is on the brink of distinction because of these giant monsters. Well, because of us destroying the world with pollution and stuff like that. But then these giant monsters come out, um, pretty much wipe out the entire human race. But... um, a few of the surviving humans end up like living on this giant battle like wagon thing uh Hmm. battling these monsters and uh these monsters have these like zero zero g like fields so it's a lot like um attack on titan because you have to do a lot of um maneuvers and stuff like that there's a lot of like okay yeah different like maneuvers and um yeah it's really good and it has like a really interesting twist and everything along those lines and um yeah i i really have been enjoying it i again it's only on its fifth episode but like the style or the stylation is really cool um i think it's you know definitely fantastic and um just like a lot of the combat's really awesome as well oh that's cool yeah so um it's on funimation and um you know there is no real like subscription to funimation like you can get a subscription if you want to not like watch commercials but you know it's not that bad if you are okay watching commercials Yeah, because you know, I, I definitely have too many streaming services and stuff like that. So it's it's always nice to like, you know, cut one out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah. Um it's definitely uh a highly recommended uh anime that I think uh people would really enjoy. Okay. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, well, kind of in that vein, I um, I watched a documentary called Iron Fists and Kung Fu Kicks. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about kind of the, the early days of like Kung Fu movies, right? From like the 60s and 70s. Um, yeah. So it goes into like, you know, the the more more of the Hong Kong cinema. Like, like here are these, these Kung Fu movies that were being brought to America and then new lines were just being added to these movies uh, and they would play in like nickel and dime theaters like in new york 
and they mm-hmm. got kind of a following because they were super cheap movies to go to and they were entertaining and they were super violent. Um, hmm. But it's interesting tracing through the like the history of like, um, you know, like old Shaw Brothers movies and and, uh, you know, where that went in the 80s, because then in the 80s, Canon people like Canon who were American it was an American run studio owned by Israeli immigrants hmm. um, put out like a lot of like quote unquote ninja movies like Ninja Assassin and American Ninja and things like that. Um, so it's just interesting to, to see more about how Hong Kong cinema interacts with American audiences and like how the, the things that came out of that. Yeah. Um, highly recommend it if you like any of those or you're interested in seeing uh the 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 origin story of how some of your the the movies you may or may not be watching came (laughs) to be um, i i do recommend it um it's really good nice um and then my wife and i also watched uh which i have an asterisk next to this because I think I want to make it like a Halloween episode at some point. Uh, Color Out of Space, hmm. the film. Hmm. Have, you, have you seen that? The one no. with Nick Cage? I've never heard of that. Really? Okay, so it came out last year. Hmm. Um, it was kind of the um, the return to, to filmmaking for uh, for Richard Stanley. Um, but yeah, it's, it's uh, based on an old H.P. Lovecraft story has Nick Cage in it as the, the main character. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's a, it's a really good pick for, I think for like a, like a Halloween episode. <laughs> yeah. When um, I, do you guys have it or did you like stream it on something? Uh, yeah, I streamed it on Amazon. It's uh, right now. I think it's free on prime. Oh, okay. I believe. Hmm. Um, but yeah, no, it's really good. It's really creepy um, as most things with, with lovecraft yeah or normally are um it's not at all (laughs) even with Uh, nick cage in it yeah nick cage does a really good job in it um some people may disagree um but like this came out like i want to say it was the film he made right after making mandy so it's kind of got that same level of like weird horror energy Hmm. interesting but yeah um so yeah that was that was my week yeah that's pretty much been me as well okay cool well uh the current book club book is night circus mm-hmm. which we'll probably talk about that in a in a few weeks but um yeah the, that's that's our current uh book club book the next main episode will be on the pandemic board game yeah. Um, right which, on time yeah i uh just as a peek behind the curtain um we kind of settled on this list like a year ago and we've been <laughs> working our way through it so it's not like we're it's exceptionally poor taste and timing um it's just kind of coincidence <laughs> yeah at least that's what we're going with yeah well no like it's one of the board games that we i can. played that that uh yeah like i i thought ha- was was deep enough to like do an episode on yeah i mean there's a, a billion of these 
pandemic games. It's, it's yeah, funny, there's like, there's a lot of them. That's of different versions of they are, but we'll get more into that next time. We'll get into that in a couple weeks. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, until then. Uh, let me actually look at the release schedule because we may have some conventions coming up because we're doing them digitally. So, yeah. um, Oh, oh yeah. So say, uh, I know that maybe dragon con may be a thing, but yeah, dragon con is, is digital and then, um, multiverse for their second year. Unfortunately, they had to go digital. So multiverse is in October. So that'll be the next. Oh, one. they had to go digital with their first year. No, 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 no. They, oh. uh, so this is their second year, but unfortunately oh, their second year, okay. means they would have to go digital because of everything going on. Yeah. They were yeah. in person last year. Okay. Sorry for that uh, vague vagueness. No, in, that's okay. <laughs> in um, but uh, but yeah. So so yeah. Book club book is Night Circus by Aaron Morgenstern. Um, the next uh, convention we'll be talking about uh, once this goes live would be multi virtual. And um, yeah, that's it. Wear your masks. Yeah. Stay safe and uh, stay <laughs> indoors. <laughs> And stay golden. (laughs) Love y'all. Bye. All right. Bye.